good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Last week, I went to uh, see my mother in Boston. She doesn't like to tell her age. She just says, I'm in my lower middle 90s. <laughs> her mind is very sharp. You know, the body, not so much. She doesn't get around very well. But she's always on the phone calling people that she knows and family members and me, you know, just telling us what to do. <laughs> How to live our life. And she says, you know, she kind of lives by this philosophy, I'm, uh, I'm going to wear out. I'm not going to rust out in life. <laughs> and I think she's an example of a person who spirit is forever young. There is a research project that was done years ago about people who had lived in their 80s and their 90s and passed on from their 90s even to their 100s. And they were all living beautiful, vital, giving lives. And they wanted to know what was the common denominator of all of the persons that they had studied. And one of the researchers' questions on the project was, did you have a happy childhood? And so there was one spry, 98-year young person who was vigorous and continued to travel and around the world and do wonderful things in his life. And he wrote, in response to that question, this. He wrote, so far, so good. So far, so good. That somewhere along the line, he had not given up. He had not given up that sense of that childlike nature of, of being in the present moment. He hadn't given up the idea of, of being vital and going forward consciousness. So far, so good. Well, this is our last week of our Faith in Action series this year. And the theme is going with the flow. Today's topic is simply staying alive. And of course, when I'm coming up this week and looked at the topic again, of course, the BG started coming into my head, you know, John Travolta, Saturday Night Live, staying alive, and, you know, thinking back to those days, bell bottoms and platform shoes. Some of y'all don't know about that. But staying alive, of course, is not necessarily living forever. You know, there are some scientists that are trying to make that happen. You need a lot of stuff these days about people trying to live forever. Others say it's impossible. But even if it were possible, is that something we really would want to do? What would we do living forever? Anyways, I was reading this week's notes. It's not the length of years that's important, 
Brothers, the quality of life that matters while we are here. Because while we're here, we want to continuously grow onward. And when we stop growing, when we stop learning, oh, then we're starting to get old. I was reading a story about a jazz musician. My dad was a very much a jazz aficionado, and he had lots of old jazz albums. And uh, many of the albums were from Miles Davis, the great trumpet player. And he always would come up with new ideas and new ways of playing music and doing music. And he said that one of the things that he would do, he would gather up the, the, the young progressive musicians and have, him around, have them around him to give him new ideas, to explore new possibilities. And I think he realized that we have to keep exploring new ideas in order to keep our consciousness young. Because if we're holding on to old ideas, oh, we're getting old. So we want to birth new ideas. And if we want to give meaning to the idea of a birthday, why don't we have a birthday that marks the days that we birth a new idea? Maybe a birthday that marks the day of a new project. The birthday that marks the day of a new beginning of a new phase of life. And if we begin to do that, we will never run out of ideas. We'll continuously celebrate and we'll never grow old. You know, I think as time passes, if we begin to take on this kind of philosophy, oh, you'll be wiser. Oh, you'll be cuter. <laughs> you'll be funnier. You'll be less phased by stuff, by other people, what they do. You'll be more beautiful in so many different ways. In fact, as time goes on, you look in the mirror and say you won't even recognize yourself. You're looking so good. <laughs> now, for that to happen, we have to stay in the flow. When we're in the flow of life, we experience the good news. Then that good news is that the kingdom of heaven, which is not a place but expansion, expanding good, and it's at hand now. It's a state of our awareness, a state of consciousness, it's a state of mind. And then we begin to live our life from within out. But oftentimes we live life from outside in. And as I was reading the book this week, you know, Butler notes that our goals tend to be acquisitional rather than personal, rather than spiritual. And we end up trying to possess life rather than let life live us. And the more we hold on, the more we block the flow. So we want to be aware of some of the ways that we may be blocking the flow in our life. Be aware of the ways that maybe that stop us from expressing who and what we have come here to be, which in some way, shape, or form, we're here to express more and more of this presence that we can't define but we know is so real. And I think be planted, it's been planted within us. Before we were born, before we shuffle off the mortal coil, we always had this divine and perfect image of infinity unfolding to reveal the glory and the power and the love of God. So today, I'm going to identify some things that maybe people do that block the flow of good, that blocks the flow of life, that blocks us from fully living alive. So as Jesus said, yo, well, he, said, he actually said low. He said, yo, <laughs> listen up. Those who have ears to hear. So if you really want to block the flow and create discord in our awareness, that will prevent ourselves from hearing and recognizing and being in tune with the divine melodies of spirit, here's what you got to do. Now, understand, there's no judgment here. 
It's okay. I always tell people, this is just a possible way for a human being to be. And we all have choices on how we're going to show up. So if you're going to block your good, you don't want to do it just halfway. You want to do it all the way. You don't want it to be accidental, in alignment with the flow. But we're here today to show you how to successfully block the flow of good, block the flow of life, and not just wonder how to do it. You'll be so good at it that you can turn it into an art and a science. Now, here's the first thing. First thing you got to do to successfully block the flow of life and the good of life, you got to be a good complainer. You got to search day and night for something to complain about. Find something in God's great, magnificent universe to complain about till you're complaining without ceasing. You know, we hear about praying without ceasing, but some people have turned it around and say, I'm going to complain without ceasing. So their life becomes a whole big complaint. Complaining is just the inability to see the presence of God. It's the inability to see the good. It's a public declaration that says, I can't see God. I can't see God. That's what it means. I can't see the good. Got to work on this to the blocks the vision, to the blocks insight. All we see is negativity, missed opportunity, bad thoughts, and they become such a magnificent complainer that the good is blocked so much that, you know, our life just gets worse and worse and worse and worse, and it just becomes a cacophony of stuff. Then you can't just stop there. The next thing you need to learn to do is learn how to blame. Now, there are experts who are just in, experts in, in, in complaining, but they have not combined blaming with complaining. <laughs> They're just good at blaming only. They take no responsibility for their life, and soon anything that goes wrong, they know exactly who to blame. It was their mother. They dressed me funny. It was my ex-wife. It was my husband. It was my boss. It was my present boss. Uh, it was the TV. Just know they know how to blame. Sometimes there's a hit and miss, and life maybe looks good at times, and it begins to flow, but to successfully create discord in our consciousness and block the good, we have to really, really, really complain and blame and get into ourselves till it becomes something without ceasing. But then we can't stop there. we got to go on to number three. Instead of using the creative time and energy to vision and goals, writing, we make excuses and say why life does not work. We just start thinking of a reason that life is not working. Again, it might have been I was born to the wrong parents. I was divorced. I was born under the wrong stars. My numerology number was not the right one for me. You know, I was too short, too tall, too light, too dark, too fat, too skinny, too something in my life. I didn't have enough education. I had too much education. And that's what's blocking me from being in the flow. Just write it all down and, and the excuses down so they serve you whenever you need them. So if somebody comes up to you and say, hey, I see things aren't working out for you too well right now. What's, what, what's, what's going on? You reach in your pocket, you bring out, oh, number 42, I had the wrong astrological sign. Or number 49, my eyebrows was too thin. <laughs> Nobody likes me. Just create all excuses and then you'll feel confident that whenever things are not going right, just have the right thing to say for the excuse and why life is not working and why I'm not in the flow. And we begin to create all kinds of discord in life, blocking the good. But you'll be successful at it. You'll understand why it's happening. But then, let me tell you, this is the thing to really nail it down. The last thing you got to do, you got to really know how to hold a grudge. 
Now, there's some masters around that have, you know, there's some masters, but there's some people who are novices. They're just starting out. They're just learning. They're just taking baby steps, but they don't know how to go all the way in and hold a grudge and hold resentment. Some know that grudge does. It blocks the flow of creativity. It doesn't allow us to remember very well. It kind of dissipates our energy, and we don't allow the vision of God to come through. It blocks our circulation. But a grudge does more than that. Grudge is really nothing more to a condensation of thought forms in our awareness. And they manifest on their own. They become symptoms and problems in our body temple and our body of affairs called our life. And a life doesn't quite align with the presence of God. And they're very helpful in blocking the flow. And if you really want to bring holding a grudge to an expert level and block the flow of good, you have to add this to it. Whenever you're holding a grudge against somebody that you don't like, whenever their main name is mentioned, oh, what you got to do is smack your lips and roll your ass. <laughs> Just do one of those two things. You know how it goes. Someone brings up that name in conversation and says, oh, I know her or him. And you sink into that subjective part of your being and you become a feeling energy. You're radiating that. And every time you hear that name, you say, oh, my God. Then it becomes a back pain, and then a crick in the neck, and then a, a, crook, a pain in the foot, and you'll know why. But I'm telling you, it's because you're blocking the good that has, God is seeking to give to us. So hold the grudge, and you can block God consciously. Now, I said today when I came to service in the earlier moment that I was just going to have some fun today. You know what I mean? So I just say this tongue-in-cheek. So we can tease into consciousness our mental habits and things we do or we don't do so we can be a clear channel so that we can be in the flow of the universe. You know, in the second chapter of this week, you know, Eric Butterworth talks about the idea of reincarnation. And I remember when I was in ministerial school, one of our students asked an instructor, you know, what were your thoughts? What are your thoughts on reincarnation? And he said, well, you know, I didn't believe in reincarnation in my last lifetime. And I'm not going to believe in it in this lifetime. Of course, I got the most important thing is what we do here and now. You know, the hereafter will always take care of itself. But here's the thing. There are the dimensions you know, I was reading something in the Bible. I was remembering this particular story. You may know about it, about uh, the man who was born blind. And they came to Jesus and his disciples. And the disciples were asking Jesus, well, why was this man born blind? Who sinned? Sin simply means who missed the mark? Who messed up along the way? Was it him or was it his parents? Well, if it was him, that means it had to happen sometime before he was born. So it suggests that maybe life is continuous. But here's the thing that I picked up in, in, in my own experience. I had a friend who had these entities. And I'll share this with you all. I guess it's on, it'll be on the Internet, too. So I guess I'm sharing it with the world wherever we check it out. But anyway, y'all, I'm among friends, so I can say these things. Other people look at me like, are you out of your mind? Um, <laughs> but anyway, they have these entities that used to come and visit her. You know, these spirits, I think she would call her. And they often would come 
and cause her to start speaking a language that she never knew about, didn't understand it. And I was with the person, and at this time, when she was in that state of receptivity, it happened. And we recorded, you know, what was happening, because she was doing things that were totally uncharacteristic for her. And around that time, we had a, a speaker come to our community uh, to do a special presentation. His name was uh, Dr. Brian Weiss. And if you're familiar with him, he wrote a book called Many Lives and Many Masters. It's a great read, because what Dr. Weiss did, he was a psychiatrist. He was chairing at Yale, so he was a serious guy. And he would do regression therapy with his patients. And he had a patient that he regressed her not only to a child, but to a previous life. And he began to get fascinated by this. And so he wrote a whole book on that on Many Lives. Many. It reads like a fascinating novel. It's, it's really that good. And so we decided to go see Brian Weiss to see how she, my friend could stop these entities from coming through her. And so we went and talked to him. And he said, all you have to do is tell them to stop and don't come back anymore. And that's what she did. And they never came back since that time. So there is dimensions that we may not fully be aware of or appreciate. But I think the whole thing is that we must realize that, you know, this life we have, this incarnation that we have is extremely precious. You know, there's a story from ancient teachings. And the story says, imagine if you took all the water of the planet and you put all that water together. And then you put an inner tube in the middle of that water and, you, and a turtle's head would randomly turn up every 1,000 years. And the story says that the odds of that turtle's head popping up through that inner tube the odds of that are better than you or I having a human incarnation. Because according to the ancients, there are an infinite number of spiritual beings, but only a limited number of bodies. So our human incarnation is so precious and so rare. The odds of having one are, who knows, a trillion billion to one or whatever. But folks, the spirits want to have an incarnation so bad that they don't care what kind of body it is. They, they could have a body that, you know, it has some problems. They, they're born into a family that has, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. They know they're going to have a life with all kinds of setbacks, and they're just elbowing each other to try to get into that body. So the way to look at it is that the spirit of living God so loved us, it gathered the greatest, the strongest, most capable, the most fearless spirits, and said, do I have a place for you? A place for you to do amazing things. That life is alive. Live it. So all of us have been anointed for the work that is specifically chosen for you and me. And as Brother Works notes out, we are here to be in the express business. We're here to be a creative channel for the flow of life. And don't let anybody fool you. Each of us have a purpose for being here on the planet. And when we remember we are here to express the timeless and eternal presence of the Spirit of God, a presence that has never been born and can never die, we don't have to worry about being sick or diseased or moving on because we will not leave a second before our purpose is complete until our fulfillment of life is done. 
And when we know beyond a doubt, we are here to express and represent and be the extension of this eternal presence, regardless of what the challenges are. We will have them. Regardless of what we face in our individual or collective lives, we will not leave before our purpose is fulfilled. And when our purpose is fulfilled, we will be more than happy to move over to any dimension that we will call to go to because we will discover that there's only life, life, and more life. And we will always become more and never less than our true self. And we will see and live life fearlessly in the spirit of living God right now because we are staying fully alive in the flow of life today here now it is done amen that's all I got for today we have an affirmation that we take in every week and this is the affirmation this week that you see on the screen so I invite us to join in and say it together just embody that and take it with you throughout the week Let's affirm it together. Life is eternal, divine, dynamic, flowing. Life does not deteriorate, grow old or die. I am life. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center